Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you join today's podcast from. And a subject that has been discussed, um, I won't say widely, but certainly in, in recent months, we've had more and more discussions on the podcast about the subject of accessibility, of diversity, of sustainability. And these are all things that I, I suspect are going to make themselves known in uh, the topic of today's conversation as we welcome our guest. Joining me today is Robin Carlyle. Robin is an experienced business consultant for over 30 years within the business, the events sector, and a name that if you've worked in the events industry for any length of time, will no doubt be familiar with. Robin, a very warm welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast, and thank you for joining us. Uh, it's my pleasure, and thank you for uh, asking me. Um, not a problem at all. As as I said, um, you are somebody with with rich experience going back for several decades in in in, in business and specifically within within the event sector, having run and and and, and developed businesses um, and very very well known businesses. Um, before we dive into maybe a bit of the subject matter, of what we're here to talk about today, um, would you mind maybe just giving uh, our listeners a bit of context as to what your career involved in the events industry and uh, and what you did? Yes, uh, I was involved um, before I started mobile promotions, and um, you know, with a number of friends and colleagues I met along along the way, post uh, college and those learning days. Um, mobile promotions was our mainstay business for thirty plus years between myself and my wife, and a, a number of really great people who uh, joined in and and helped us push it along, and then. Um, I needed to look at uh, succession plan, really. Um, we have a small family. My son's in the city in London and um, quite happy there. I'd never be able to afford to pay him what what, <laughs> what he earns. Um, but uh, so it, it seemed natural to, to cast around and, and see where we would go with it. And um, met some great people. Um, you've called it a sellout, I suppose. Um, I stayed, became chairman of a group we created. And that business, I'm pleased to say, is is going from strength to strength. Um, but uh, sort of chairman was not for me, and um, we shook hands, and I decided to uh, get back into the my own world, if you like. And that started mm. with everybody in around me, and particularly in the village pub, uh, congratulating me on being being uh, retired. But I kept saying, no, "I'm not going to retire. I, I have to keep my hands on to something." Sure, but you know, starting a business was not really part of it initially. So I took up one or two interests I've had for some time. One of which is um, to volunteer as a governor to a brand new school very close to me here, um, and um, it's a happens to be a special needs school uh, for send uh, youngsters pupils. They started off with one year, one year, year seven. Uh, we added year eight uh, last September. At the same mm -hmm. time, added a a really fascinating bunch of 16 year olds mm. and um that that's really what schools are all, all, all about helping these young people through their challenges and it's really in the area of, of autism and that spectrum mm. so all, all to do with um i suppose uh, cognitive challenges uh, yeah. and so on it's opened my eyes it's opened my senses it's opened everything up in my mind to how lucky I've been, how lucky we are with our family, and mm -hmm. how challenged many people 
many, not just youngsters, but many people have been in their lives and will be in their lives. Mm-hmm. So if I can do a small thing to, to help, that uh, that's really where we're coming from. And mm-hmm. um, it has also made me think over the last year or so, well, how are we coping with this in the world of events? And yes. from one or two conversations I've had in the last two or three months with the trade shows, it seems to be, yes, there are some specialists. And of course, there, there, there are people far more well informed than me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure it's actually getting through to all the organisers of events, you know, on, on a wider and broader subject matter. Mm. Um, I mean, recently, for instance, you know, I went to a trade show and um, awful lot of chatter about sustainability and, and the presentations were, were obviously very hard hitting on, on, on sustainability mm. and almost frightening that um, local councils who, who of course, uh, and national authorities that issue uh, licensing for events are going to bring sustainability much more front and center and, yeah. and not just a case of ticking boxes. Mm-hmm. So I think more and more focus will be on that. And, and uh, I, I want to raise the banner that there should be a focus um, on um, a sector of people who, many of whom probably have to steal themselves to go to an event Um have to make a lot of special plans to go to events mm-hmm. uh, and, and be sure that they are managing their levels of anxiety or somebody, their, their, their support group or individuals around them are helping them to manage levels of anxiety. And mm-hmm. um, you know, th- those people who can't overcome that on their own or, or with their support group are missing out on, on all of the wonderful experiences that our live event, particularly our live event, industry brings uh, mm. and our trade shows bring and, our, and and you know festivals is, is isn't just loud noisy banging music mm. so you know what's happening in that sector is really what i'm interested in discovering and we should never underestimate the difficulty that it may take one person to do something that you or i find particularly easy and that could be something as simple as walking through the doors onto a show floor at a trade show uh, or walking into a busy social environment, a, a music concert. You know, the, 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 there are there are things that many people take for granted as being relatively easy to do. That when we start to understand um, uh, uh, the group of people that may have, you know, challenges. Um, you know, it, there are all sorts of different terms: neurodiversity. You know, people who may be on the autistic spectrum. Some of the challenges that that that, that people who 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 I say suffer, we shouldn't use the word suffer, that that have and are diagnosed with, with certain conditions. We should never underestimate just how difficult it is for them to do certain sort of simple things. And I suppose being able to see them at, at, at school level and see these children that you've worked with in your role as a governor is perhaps the, the, the best start point in, in many respects, is that you can see how they are developing as young people and in turn then some of the challenges that they may face when they get to adult life and potentially into, into a business and a working life. Yes, indeed. I mean, there's some wonderful people in our school and um, from what I've seen and, and researched, there's some fantastic people um, in in a number of these uh, facilities. Yeah. And they're not just schools, you know, they're places where, um, I mean, I was watching something on some research I was doing this morning uh, and there was a, a bunch of really challenged young people who were surfing on a white water machine down in the West Country 
and you can see the levels of anxiety. Um, mm. And uh, and yet once they had been uh, coached and coaxed into believing that they're capable of doing it, it's just a piece of sheer magic. Yeah. And of course, um, it brings smiles to their faces, smiles uh, that, that prove positive to themselves and all those around them. Mm-hmm. And I think it also, one of the most telling things at the end of that little piece of video I was watching was the specialists, the teachers saying, of course, it's it's not just giving them a piece of fun they wouldn't normally have. That's a major part of it. But it's giving them the opportunity to believe in themselves and to have their own confidence that, wow, I've done that. You know, they stand back and look at it to start with and couldn't imagine themselves doing it. Um, mm. There was, yeah. another piece, there was another piece where there was a, a youngster abseiling down the side of a, not, say, let's call it a hillside, not a mountain, um, uh, and um, in a wheelchair. Now, you know, that, that again, it, it proves the same point as far as I'm concerned. And taking it into events, you know, where, where you've got the physical and visual aspect of people's disabilities, where... Maybe they can't speak. Maybe they can't hear even. Some of that may be obvious if they're in a wheelchair, crutches and so on. Mm-hmm. All of those things are obvious if they have a, uh, a single carer with them or even a bunch of carers around them. Some of those things are obvious. But many, 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 many people, and certainly uh, and again, not just young people, many adults, young adults, various ages, um, have these levels of anxiety they haven't been diagnosed if they have it's been a later life thing and um i just fear that, that many of them won't get the same opportunities that i've had mm. uh, and my family get and many others and friends i have who aren't in this sort of in, 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 in this industry yeah yeah well um, yes yes and i think i think also i don't think covid has helped i mean that's made us all very nervous about being out still, although I think we're beginning to get through that. I like to think we're beginning to get through that. Uh, yeah, I think I think we are. Yes, yeah, I think we are. Uh, yeah, uh, and I was, uh, I was, uh, uh, sorry, you go. go on. No, you, you, you go ahead, Robin. I've, I've got some, well, I've I've got got some things I've scribbled it, down. <laughs> okay, but I think I think one of the things it does also, and what, what I think what it has done, it's made us more concerned in some cases about authority. Uh, we've had the authority of, oh, you can't go here, you can't sit there, you have to do this, you have to do that, you can't mm. go there without a mask, and all, all these, that's still a latent situation. And at the same time, sadly, it, um, I don't think it's fair to say it's it's bred a different type of person, but it has brought authority to the fore. And the number of times, you know, put it into a natural shop situation, the number of times mm. you go into a shop, a pub or whatever, we're standing there patiently, you know, waiting to buy something, order something, and and uh, and the person or people behind the counter, say the sales counter, are busy chatting to themselves, or um, you know they look up and ignore you, um, or it, it's almost a sort of what do you want attitude that still <laughs> exists, yeah, and, and does, uh, maybe does. M- maybe has become more prevalent with that authoritarian aspect of life we've had post COVID. Again, if you imagine you're going in there, you're not sure enough, uh, you're not sure of yourself, you have no confidence, you've steeled yourself to get there, you've steeled yourself to, 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 to make that step, and you're faced with that. You know, you know, you're faced with somebody who isn't warm, isn't isn't 
smiley isn't going to treat you like you're used to being treated certainly the case of young people at, mm. at, at the sort of schools that i've seen online and the sort of school that we are so you know you, you i won't say you're going to turn around a mile but you know many of us would do that anyway and certainly those people who suffer these anxiety mm. factors through autism and and similar things uh, yeah. are not even going to get past the first base and when when you boil it down to to sort of simple objectives, you know, as event organisers, we want people through our doors, exactly. you know. And and whilst there are all sorts of different and and fantastic ways we can now collate and justify, you know, re return on investment and and visitor activity, we can track them through spaces. Ultimately, a, a headline figures and people through the door still plays a huge part in 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 any event, regardless of its of, of its type and it, unless we are aware of the subject of inclusivity and unless we are aware of the challenges that some people may face and unless we then take action as to how we can better accommodate them better welcome them into our events what we're ultimately doing is potentially alienating a group of people from those headline figures from those attendance figures from from coming to our event so it it, it has to start at base level with a a, a education and an understanding of what those challenges may be and ultimately what that leads to is is the development of of new techniques new ideas new things that we can do on our event floors so to speak you know that that that, that maybe help um pe pe people with that if that makes sense i think it has to ultimately come down to our to our understanding of it which I think arguably, arguably is, is is much better. We talk about it and we have a bigger, a greater awareness of this subject than we did pre-pandemic five years ago, ten years ago, definitely. I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think it's a case of education. Um, I mean, I, I consider myself somebody who never stops learning. Mm. And certainly since I started at the school, um, I've begun to realise far more so than maybe I did previously that um, learning training teaching if you like is a is a two-way street it's a you know it's a journey in both directions and i've learned a lot from yeah. my experiences I've, I've learned a lot from the young people i've learned a huge amount from the the teachers uh, and the teaching assistants um mm. staff and um i mean that's something i also helped out with towards the end of covid um when the school were under a little bit of pressure on a couple of days i, I went in and became a teaching assistant so i actually sat <laughs> amongst the uh, amongst the youngsters and um, that was just the most wonderful experience the most wonderful mm. experience yeah um, and and that's where i've got so much of the the feedback uh, okay we call it feedback but i i've, I've been in a i've been in a learning curve a big learning curve yeah and I, I think the, the the subject as well we shouldn't shouldn't forget that this is not just about welcoming attendees or potential audience members uh to our events but when you when you widen that and we we were speaking to the the, the good people from inclusivity and and a, a few weeks ago on the podcast and and for anybody listening today just if you haven't listened to that one just just go back after you've listened to today's episode and listen to the the podcast that we did with with inclusivity and and we mentioned in there the fact that there's this huge drive in the events industry at the moment to be more sustainable and where a lot of people assume that that's you know let's 
use recycled coffee cups and let's bring water bottles and let's not use as much paper. A big element of sustainability is, is your investment in people, both the people that work for you and, and, and the people that are, uh, are making up the audience numbers and the attendees at your event. And um, by investing in people and by being more aware of what their requirements are and their needs are, making your event more accessible to people who may have specific challenges, you're ultimately going to uh, push yourself as a more sustainable event in terms of being able to sustain yourself for a longer period of time because you're welcoming more people. Um, and I'm sure that's probably something that that, that, that you've considered as well, is that, that the subject of inclusivity is a bigger part of sustainability as recycling is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I do tend still to think that inclusivity, um, the focus tends to be on those things that we can we can see uh, and those things that that are more obvious and yeah. those things that perhaps are more obviously in the news as well. Hmm. Um, Do you think that we could, um, from a capture point of view, and I mean in terms of event registration, for example, you know, when you're asked to register for a trade show, you're often asked, you know, do, do, do you have any special requirements? Um, how How honest do you think people are in actually using those op options that they may have to contact an event organiser? Do you think it's welcoming enough? And do you think it's, uh, enough is done at the moment by event organisers to actually offer a point of contact for anybody who may require some sort of special assistance? Yes. Uh, yes and no, really. I, I would say yes. But again, I think some of this is far too focused on the obvious. You know, mm. it's it's sort of, the question often has accessibility uh, as part of it, which suggests, you know, do you need help with a wheelchair or, you know, we, yes, we do have ramps and, um, you know, we we have whatever it is, is needed for the more physical and perhaps the more obvious uh, mm. accessibility issues. But I don't perhaps don't go to enough events or the right sort of events to know whether anybody asks the question in such a way that it's a more open opportunity um, sure but yeah. so i can only go i can only go on the research i've done in the last year or so uh, mm. and as i say some of these conversations i've had with them um, uh within trade shows and and within colleagues in the industry and uh, i do fear that not enough is being done and mm. uh, of course inclusivity um has added that, just that simple word has, has added a lot to everybody's awareness. Mm. And within yeah. inclusivity, there are several factors. There are several categories, if you like. Um, but I'm not sure there's enough focus on, you know, the area that I'm talking about, the, the autism, mm. the, uh, the the mental and issues and the cognitive skills, because they're not seen. They're not obvious yeah. to many of us. Yeah, and I think to an extent, I think events have the ability and may already have the the means in which to to support people with 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 uh, specific challenges. And and for example, you know, some somebody who has you know maybe a, a mild form of autism may not like particularly loud sounds, so they may be attracted to the agenda at a trade show or a conference, for example, but not like the idea of going to a really loud busy environment 
And so simply by offering them something that that maybe takes away the noise, you know, something as simple as a, a pair of a pair of headphones, which we see a lot at conferences now. Anyway, more and more conferences are using wireless headphones as a means for people to listen to the the, the conversations that are taking place on the theater stages and in the conference stages, you know, something as simple as that could be used and worn constantly by somebody who wants to walk around a show floor, but in a, ver in a much quieter environment, because it just prevents something within them from, from, from triggering that would cause them some level of anxiety um, in the same way that, you know, maybe a nice quiet space to give people a five or a 10 minute or a 15 minute opportunity to go and just, break away quietly um, from that sort of environment. Yeah, Environments yeah. and environmental challenges, you know, uh, uh, when, when, it, when we talk about unseen challenges and unseen disabilities, if you can call it that, uh, you know, uh, I think it's really important that this goes back to the understanding of what I was talking about is that we really have to understand what, what can maybe trigger a person with something like mild autism into feeling anxiety or feeling like they are, not comfortable in a particular space and wanting to get out of it quickly is how can we actually maybe use some of the means that we've already got at our disposal to actually assist with that. Um, that yeah. the, the audio uh, one is something that I've had experience with through, you know, an own, a, a personal connection. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Everything you said is, is part of the preparation that, that's required. One of the things that we're looking at um, uh, as a business is, the parallel world uh, of virtual reality mm. um, and we're working with uh, a company I will mention actually uh, VEX they're called yes and a uh, great bunch of people and um, the quality and the speed in which they can build whatever uh, that is reality they can make it into virtual so mm. as part of the learning curve as part of the um, helping with helping with anxiety by helping people to plan their trip to um, a particular event I, I think there's a real opportunity for um, the virtual world to work alongside the live world I mean we're, many companies are already doing that for their for their clients their brands etc mm -hmm. for training purposes but I, I see a niche here also for um, events and event organizers you know to help mm -hmm. it to help people understand more clearly what is ahead, what the challenges are, what they can plan for. Uh, and, and, and as far as my experience goes, and it's not, as I say, it's not ex extensive. I'm no real expert on the subject, but um, I think once people have a chance, once many of these people have a chance to prepare themselves, um, that's where the anxiety can be let's say affected positively and not say it can be pushed into the background completely mm -hmm. but um, confidence can grow um, and planning to get to and from that event can grow uh, by seeing exactly what what it is that you're going to face and maybe you know if, if, if there is some reality um, built into the virtual in such a way that yeah there, there's a very smiley real person an avatar but it's a real person talking real words and, and mm. uh, being that warm smiling face that everybody would love to see at every event uh when you when you get there when you queue up to have your badge dealt with or whatever and we all know uh, that, that that doesn't always happen as i said earlier absolutely and regardless of, of of whether or not you would 
you you have some of these challenges that we're discussing or if you don't there's there's nobody who doesn't like to be greeted appropriately you know with 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 eye contact with a a warm smiling face you know with with a greeting and body language that suggests i'm happy to see you and and and, and welcome and come on in you know that, that that's that's still those sort of fundamentals particularly in the events industry, you know, we have so many other things that we're considering and juggling that maybe we've forgotten some of the basic fundamentals of human interaction in terms of, you know, what we can ask our staff to do at registration to make sure that they are giving off body language that suggests that they're happy to see these people and that they're being greeted warmly. No, you're absolutely right. You know, we, we, we had our own um, challenges with um, finding staff even before um, the COVID, the pandemic, but uh, we would always focus on those that uh, made us most welcome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's some great people out there. Uh, and, and again, there's some great people who themselves um, have anxiety issues that they've overcome. Yeah. Um, and they understand the need to be warmer and more welcoming. Mm. Uh, and that's that's all we're as you say that's all, all all we're asking for in our lives isn't it to feel to feel a little bit wanted a little bit needed and actually the effort we've made to travel an hour two hours on on a train if you can find one car whatever and um, when you get there that you the effort you put into it and the cost you put into it um has been worthwhile yeah and and nobody nobody should be made to feel that that they are either not welcome or can't benefit from attending an event in the same way as, as as somebody else, because they may have a particular challenge that that prohibits them from from doing so. You know, we are, you know, it, it will take some effort. It will take a lot of talking. It will take take a lot of education. But we are slowly moving towards a, a scenario where you know, hopefully nobody will be prohibited from attending an event. And and I suppose the most positive. Uh, thing that i can see as as we start to sort of wrap up this this conversation today robin is is that there are more and more organizations uh, not springing up but 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 coming into the event space certainly that are assisting with this particular subject and bringing that awareness to the industry you know i mentioned one that was on the podcast a few weeks ago inclusivity but i know you know that, that there's organizations like eventwell who have done you know made huge strides in raising the awareness of, of mental health issues with people who work in the event industry and yeah. how we need to make sure that the people who work and deliver these events are given the uh, appropriate means to 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 deal with and, and look after and manage their own mental health um and i think it can only be a good thing that people like yourself come onto the podcast and talk about this and you continue your own research and your own business development and you know collectively you know all of these organizations can hopefully work together with event organizers to to to, to maybe start tackling some of the issues and they are issues at the moment you know let's face it there are issues and we want to know that anybody could walk up to the door of our event and come in absolutely yeah i'm more than happy to 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 be contacted uh by all those organizations that are already out there um supporting helping doing it for for for, for the you know um maybe for charitable reasons or, or because they themselves are Mm. are uh you know um yeah use the word suffering suffering these sort of issues um and they've made a business of it and um i'm more than happy to to learn more and uh 
and, and hear from them. But equally, I'm more than happy to hear from anybody who um, we can help. Mm. And, 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 push, and push information is, to. Maybe this is a good opportunity as well, where we we utilise the podcast to to sort of cast the net a little bit further and say to anybody who's listening to this today, if you've got a uh, an opinion or a, a comment on this particular subject if you're involved in an organization that, that, that that's addressing this particular subject within the events industry if you yourself work in the events industry and you have a particular challenge that you would like to see uh, addressed more and supported more by other event organizers and events that you may attend please do get in touch with event industry news you know you can visit eventindustrynews.com and there's ways and means to get in touch with us via the website on social media you can find at event news blog is is the twitter handle and you'll find event industry news across all of the the social media platforms if you're tuning into today's podcast and you would like to get in touch about this subject um and tell us what, what you think and you'd like to come on here and and discuss what you think the industry could be doing better please this is a forum you know g g come on here and um and have a chat with us you you'd be welcomed with a warm smile and open body language <laughs> to come and yeah. to come and have your ch uh, chat um robin thank you very Brilliant. much for taking the time out today to, to have a little chat with us about this subject um okay. great to hear that following the, the the success that you had in in business and in the events industry for all of those years that um you still very much wanted to to, to play a role within this and uh, particularly as uh, you, you found a subject that by the sounds of things a few years ago you maybe weren't as aware of but um certainly are now and looking to have a positive impact on it no, absolutely. And as I say, I'm happy to help anybody who uh, wants to take some steps to towards um, solving the their own personal issues or, or business issues in this in this aspect. I can be found on LinkedIn. Uh, it's probably the easiest way to find me and my contact details. And either myself or one of my colleagues would be uh, would be happy to help. Fantastic. And, um, and and we should give a, a mention to the fact that um, just in, in the last few weeks, Event Industry News announced the launch of Event Sustainability Live, a brand new trade show that will be co-located alongside Event Tech Live at uh, XL London. That will take place at the end of November. Um, all of the details you can find on eventsustainabilitylive.com. And I'm absolutely certain without a shadow of doubt that this particular subject will form a major part of the discussions of the conference sessions and the panel discussions that will take place during that particular show over two days at XL London. Um, as I said, you know, th th this subject is very much linked to sustainability within events. Sustainability with our people is as important as it is uh, in terms of sustainability with the products and the materials that we use in our events. So um, I've no doubt, Robin, that hopefully we may even see you there um, if you'd like to come along and maybe be involved in, in some of the discussions that are taking place at uh, Event Sustainability Live. I'm, I'm sure there'll be plenty uh, plenty to discuss and, and find out about and we continue hopefully at that show the uh, the theme of education on this subject you'll certainly see me there and um, you'll even see me before the event because I shall be asking you the questions uh, about what you're doing to open your doors warmly and in a very smiling and uh, confidence giving fashion Absolutely. Robin Carlisle, um, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, a final mention, okay. just of course, for the podcast. Um, if you are listening to this today via one of your uh, podcast platforms, audio platforms, don't forget to head over to eventindustrynews.com just to check out the latest news features, special supplements, the event sustainable, uh, the sustainable event buyer's guide is out there now. Of course, the uh, A to Z supplier directory on eventindustrynews.com is always there if you're looking for a product or a service within the events industry.
the chances are you will find something that suits on the A to Z supplier directory over at eventindustrynews.com. Thanks very much to everybody for listening today. Do get in touch, as I said, if, if you are uh, if you have a comment or an opinion or would like to speak up about this particular subject, please do get in touch with us. It's an open invitation to anybody out there. Stay safe, everybody. Look after yourselves. And we look forward to welcoming you to the next edition of the Event Industry News podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.